It's time for another power-packed episode of Headspace with Dr. Mike. Each week, Dr. Mike is committed to addressing real life, sometimes polarizing and controversial issues, while offering practical and informed insight. Listen in as we discuss hot topics that matter to us and the communities we live in. What's up, Headspacers? How's it going? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is October 1st, the first day of October. First of all, I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Those of you who are tuning in to our live broadcast on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I don't know, if, are we at Standard Time or Daylight Time? Which one are we at, Mitchell? Yeah, I think so. I think we got some feedback on your end a little bit, so we may need to pull your uh, microphone in a little bit. Good morning, Kevin, Denver. Good to see you, brother. And uh, it is a good morning, everybody. We are here. I want to give a shout out also to those of you who are tuning in via um, uh, podcast. We have listeners that tune in all over the place on Headspace with Dr. Mike. Do me a favor, those of you tuning in right now, hit like and share. Go ahead and share this to your people. We want to get folk into the Headspace Nation. Look, I'm trying to get to a thousand listeners by the end of the year. All right, a thousand listeners by the end of the year. So we got to get out of there and get to the people because we have a lot to share. Mitchell, you are back in the studio with us. What's happening, sir? You know, I'm good. I'm good. My allergies are trying to take me smooth up out of here, but you know, God is faithful because I'm not even sneezing no more. Man, I'm telling you what, I think I've realized now why I'm not the biggest fan of the fall because my allergies go bananas. Nuts. Okay. Man, just bananas. Like they, and we, we've been having a time, you know, that TikTok, um, Overlay. We had a time last we night. We had a time last night. <laughs> we, had we had a time last night. Right. That was, you know what? That was me waking up. Um, oh, that was me waking up Tuesday morning, and Monday night was so bad. Like I tossing and t- like kept waking up, sneezing, having to go blow my nose. It 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 truly was a time. Yeah, it was a time. I tell you what, though. But you know what? We are here. And uh, we're going to have a good show for you all. Thank you all for tuning in. want to give a special shout out to Elevation Global Media Group. If you are interested in like just developing who you are, your communication, branding, just PR, you want to do some live events um, virtually or whatever have you, you need to reach out to our folk, Elevation Global Media Group. Uh, Cassandra Ferguson, Madam President, uh, we know we have nothing but love for you. Headspace with Dr. Mike was birthed out of Elevation Global Media Group, so we always, 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 always have love for you all. You know what? We need to get after it. First of all, I just have to say something. I have to give a special shout-out. have a special shout-out to the cast of Biggest Loser Season 14 because we are uh, celebrating our 10-year anniversary. Look at that, y'all. 10 wow. years ago, 10 years ago, this was us gearing up uh, for matter of fact, we took that picture. You know what? It's funny. We went on the, the ranch. Uh, we went on the ranch September 28th, 2012. And October 1st, I believe it was October 1st was press day. So I think we actually took this picture on October 1st um, because cool. we were on the ranch on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. We were on the ranch on like a Thursday. Or even a Friday, it was something like that. And then on Saturday, we—I um, don't remember—I got to go back into my journal. But um, we took that picture, and then of course, this was my starting picture, and then this was where I ended up. We're working towards that picture on the right, Mitchell. We're working towards that picture on the right, but uh, it's been uh, kind of crazy. Um, Ten years ago, we stepped foot on the ranch. We were on uh, um, <clears throat> Facebook. Uh, we have a, a Facebook uh, Messenger group. And uh, we we kind of just were just celebrating the fact that it was 10 years. Um, oh, thank you, Paul. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for coming by. We appreciate you, man. Um, it was so, just like we were all just uh, just showing love um, to each other and just can't believe it was 10 years ago, man. 10 years ago. That's crazy. What was that like? Because I, 
we never like talked about that as long as we, you know, have been big brother, little brother. We never talked about that. So what was that process like for you? Like what? You know, what's funny. I was talking to a friend the other day um, about uh, they're getting and this is told. I'm not relating the two, but you'll understand in a few moments. They're in the process of going through a security, getting a security clearance for a job with the feds. And mm -hmm. and um, just they, you know, of course, they can't go into all the details of what happened. But one of the things that they just, you know, they were just talking about how it's just a lot of waiting and you hear a little bit and then you wait and that, that, that. it's a process like it. It takes, you know, close to a year. And I have to tell you, the process to get on that show was bananas and just the auditioning process. And I think it's for all of them, Big Brother, um, Survivor, Amazing Race, all of them. The process is arduous. But then once you get on it was surreal, man. Like there were times where, you know, it dawned on you, I'm on the set of a TV show. <laughs> and, um, and you know, only 6% of what they capture on camera, only 6% of it actually makes the show. So there's so much more that actually happened that you just don't know. And then the other piece of it is you're sitting around and you're just like, I know we're boring. Like this has, I mean, there's nothing about this that is exciting. And, and everybody was just showing us, they were like, no, no, no. There's going to be a lot that you get to see. And I mean, it was, it was, I would do it again. I would do it again. I would actually go, I would approach it a little differently. Really? Um, yeah, I would approach it a little differently. I really was naive in the, and, and keep in mind, I was, I mean, I'm, I love reality TV, like love it. And that's, mm -hmm. that's why I did Biggest Loser. I was like, I'm fat and, you know, I like reality TV. So why not? Right. But, um, so I've watched it. So I'm familiar with strategy. Like I, it's, I can watch people on different shows. And I'm like, you know, you're playing a dumb game. You're playing a good game, blah, blah, blah. And I look at my own game and realize that I went in silly me thinking it was just about losing weight. <laughs> what else was it about? I mean, it was about surviving and winning $250,000, you know, and um, hey, mama, uh, it was about that too. And I, the minute I let my guard totally down was the minute I got eliminated. And, um, you know, I'd look back and then, you know, I mean, cause we, I mean, we had it all. We had some conniving, some cheating, some stealing, not stealing, but just, I mean, people were playing a game and um, where, where I ended up getting trapped was we, we were, my team, the blue team, we were pretty safe. Um, me, the two biggest guys of the show were, in my team, blue team. And so as long as we either A, kept winning the way in, which we did most of the time we were together as a group, we lost one time and had a chance and we could have made a big move, so to speak, and we didn't because we were trying to be, you know, good people. And um, it came back to bite me in the butt. So, but um, no, it was, it was great. It was, it was a great experience in the sense of, I mean, it had its own little issues, but it was fun. <laughs> Really? Wow. Anyway, yep. So congrats. Happy um, 10-year anniversary to my brothers and sisters, Biggest Loser, season 14. And um, we'll probably, we've had Alex on in the past. I'm probably going to get a couple others on and kind of just be special guests from time to time. But but what I really love is the fact that um, I, ha I made some issues. I'm probably going to do a Facebook Live about this soon, just about um, what has happened in these last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, I think I know a lot more now about the fact that I am not immortal. I think going into that situation, I was kind of, you know, I was still younger and my body hadn't started making that older people change. <laughs> older people change. <laughs> and now it's like I'm recognizing that I am not, I'm definitely not immortal. And um, there's some things that there's some habits and there's just some things that I had to kind of get kick to the wayside because otherwise I'm not going to be around much longer. And uh, that was, that was kind of the reality that happened even beyond that. But anyway, um, let's see what else we got. Petty politics. Let's go. Um, I mean, nothing real major um, except, well, there is something major. Russia decided that they were going to go ahead and just steal pieces of Ukraine. They just go, just go in and just steal it. And they're calling it annex it. And they're, um, it was crazy. I don't know if you saw any of the news reports, but President Putin has like he put they did an ele election where they actually had the people in these regions mm. vote to say they want to become Russia again. Right. 
And the U.S. government is basically saying, no, that, that was a sham. That's not real. And that, apparently that's what was done. Like, but they do what the, the Russian playbook, I guess Putin's playbook. I can't, I don't want to blame it all on all of Russia. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's the main leader of them. Um, his playbook is he goes to those countries and they put a, pup, a puppet government in. So like Belarus, um, there's a couple other countries that once were a part of the Soviet Union. Um they're just basically trying to pull them back. And they had like a ceremony. The four leaders of those annexed areas got together and they got a huddle and they put their hands in the middle and then they did a chant like as if they were going out in a football field. Like it was really strange. Yeah, just strange. <laughs> so I seen I seen one headline. Apparently, um Putin made a speech. Um and the head and then I read the when I read the um I think it was about like the Guardian or something, but when I read the um headline, it said this uh Putin's speech had the energy of more of an angry taxi driver than uh, the head of state. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like y'all. An angry taxi driver, and I think you know everybody that's heard that as soon as you hear that, you laugh because we've seen that. We've seen what an angry taxi driver sounds like. I just I feel like I feel like the headline angry taxi driver. Uh huh. Will we compare that to Trump? Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah. Um that was I don't know. I I I'm just I mean we're praying for that whole situation over there. It's a lot going on. Um but our church, uh, Mitchell, you and I both go to the same church. Our church is doing a, a Bible study series now on the end times. And anybody that has studied the end times biblically knows that Russia is a major is a major player in what happens in the end times. Russia, China, that whole region um, is, a lot, is a lot to it. And so, I mean, I think, to be honest with you, and I'm, I don't want to be an alarmist, but at the same token... I do think that what we're watching happen is biblical prophecy unfold before our eyes. And so, you know, I want to just tell people that, like, do I think the world's going to end tomorrow? No, I don't necessarily think that. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't know when it's going to happen. The angels don't even know. That's what the Bible tells us. Um, But one of the things that needs to really be paying attention to um, is... um, you know, paid attention to the fact that um, now we are in the, you know, I mean, the Bible says what's going to happen. There are things that are going to take place. And so we just got to be mindful of that. And I think we could try to do whatever we want to do to try to slow things down or try to change what the future is. But I don't think there's much we can do about it. Do, Do I think we need to just sit idly by and just like let crap happen? No. And I think a part of that is a part of what will make prophecy unfold if that makes sense you know mm-hmm. like i think our actions kind of will you know you know as, and people you know bishop johnson always talks about this that while people aren't the huge fan biggest fans of uh president trump you know he did do some things that actually set some plans in motion for instance one of the major pieces of of doctrine that he um threw out there in his presidency was us acknowledging Israel's um, capital as Jerusalem and not Tel Aviv. And that was important because Jerusalem is a centerpiece of what happens in, you know, in the future. And so, you know, all of that just plays into it. So, you know, one of the things I always encourage, I want to encourage you listeners to do is really, you know, you know, start looking at the news from a, biblical perspective you know again not yeah. like oh my gosh every time somebody does something oh my gosh the rapture is going to happen tomorrow i mean be ready for the rapture to happen the rapture happened in the middle of this broadcast um you know the rapture could happen like as soon as i say my next word bam it's gone it's done so you always got to be ever ready and um that's one thing i'm going to challenge you all on a different note with that petty politics is election day is coming up we are fastly approaching um super tuesday as it is coined um we are um you know we're, we're marching towards november 8th november 8th is the day midterm elections um i think every senator is um 
or a lot of the senators, uh, well, half the senators or something like that are up for grabs for the country. And then I think every house, the house, um, all the house people, because they go up every two years. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot. Plus here in Maryland, we're voting for a new governor. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot at stake here. Um, and so, you know, many people are concerned about their voices being heard. Guess what? Get your vote out there. Um, you know, one of the things that we're being talked about, and we we haven't really talked a lot about this um, as it pertains to abortion rights, but, um, you know, some people are upset about how things are going with the abortion. So what Kansas, they did an election where they actually put it on the ballot. And Kansas is a very conservative state, but yet they still voted to keep, um, you know, abortion legal Mm-hmm. in Kansas. And so, I mean, there's a lot that's at stake. So, you know, anybody wants to complain about not getting their voice heard. Well, the opportunity to get their voice heard is at the poll, the P-O-L-L, not the P-O-L-A. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Elect, uh, speaking of elections, are you registered to vote, Mitchell? I will not be 18 before... Uh, uh super tuesday but i don't i don't care how old i am i'm still gonna tell people to vote because it doesn't matter what skin tone you are like you need to vote you gotta understand what's on the line you gotta understand who and like i know people just like do your research before you vote i know this is like a thing that you shouldn't have to tell people but like do your research on people and policies and track records Mm-hmm. Like track records, track records are the most important thing. Like if you're voting for somebody who makes a promise, it's cool. The promises can be fine, but if the track record proves otherwise and what the promise is making, you might want to reconsider mm-hmm. and or take the shot. Whoever, like it's it's your vote, it's your opinion, and I'm not here to judge your opinion. But please research before you vote, and then vote. Yeah, and I love that you said that research, Mitchell, and understand that you do not have to vote for the people that are in your party. Like nope. you do not. Listen, if they, if they don't, if, they, if the people in your party don't line up with what you believe and what you just, your conscience is telling you, then you, you can go the other way. And there's nothing wrong with that. And what the, the beauty of voting is, it is, um, I mean, it's, it's between you and in and, and the, the voting booth. Like, no one's sitting there, they shouldn't be sitting there watching you do that. And if they are, um, then you can report them. And here's the other thing. If those of you are questioning the sanctity of our election system and whether or not it's safe or it's done the right way. Um, I got a great opportunity for you. Go register to be an uh, election judge. Um, I've been doing it the last several elections and just watching all that goes into making sure the elections are safe and sound, you'd be surprised um, just what goes into an election and what we have to do. And so, you know, check with your election board. I know for a fact that here in Baltimore County where I live, they are looking for several hundred election judges for election day and early voting. And you get paid, you know, you get paid. I think um, you get paid like close to $200 a day. Um, and plus you got to go to training and it's like $40 for the training. And if you get, um, if you're an election, if you're a chief judge, you get paid a, a little bit more. Um, so I would look, if you really are interested, or even if you're just interested in how elections work, um, you know, go to be election judge. It's definitely, it's definitely, it, w- it was actually very, well, the first time I did it, it was very eye-opening for me. So anyway, let's go ahead and pay a quick bill and come on back. 2020 gave birth to a lot of endeavors. Here in 2021, everyone has had to get in touch with their inner producer. Our man Garrett Brace is one of those guys you need on your team. We at Headspace with Dr. Michael clients of his as he ensures all of our audio files are crisp, clean and cool. If you have any audio, video, and even lighting needs, hit them up at G Walt Services on Instagram. Remember, G Walt Services, servicing all your audio, video, and lighting needs. So I was flipping through my cell phone the other day. I was actually looking for a picture. Actually, I was uh, thinking about some things with the 10-year anniversary of Biggest Loser. And I noticed that I had like several of the same pose for um, a selfie that I was taking. And I reached, I looked at that. I said, man, I have 10 of the same picture. And it, it was one of those things where I had an aha moment because all of us have similar situations in our phones because we're in a situation now where we're looking for the right picture. 
And more often than not, it's the right picture so we can post it and look the right way. And, you know, there is a trend out there. It's been out there for a while in social media and it's called thirst traps. And thirst traps are the idea where you are posting pictures and, and it's, it's kind of sexual in nature. Um, it's the idea that you're posting these pictures um, to kind of make yourself look attractive and give some sex appeal, the right picture so that the right people can see it and you can trap and it's called a thirst trap. And, um, you know, one of the things that I was realizing as we are stepping into the last quarter of 2022 and as we're starting to move towards 2023 and setting the next expectations for the next year and stuff like that is I want to I want to want to throw this out to you all. Beware of the thirst traps. Again, beware of the thirst traps. And, and, and what I mean by that is more often than not, we get ourselves locked into what we think we're seeing and recognizing that it's not truly reality. Oh, come on in here. Like, like how many times have we started strolling through social media, Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok, right? We start going through those things and we see, oh my gosh, I wish, I wish, I wish. And then all of a sudden, something happens where you start finding out what's actually happening behind the scenes. For instance, you start finding out that, you know, for every one picture you see on Instagram, there were probably 200 that were taken because there was other things that needed to be taken. It was the wrong angle. I know for me, um, you know, I'm in this transformational period with my weight loss. And so, you know, <laughs> there was one time I was taking a picture. I was like, man, I look like I gained weight than I lost. No, and I hadn't lost it, but it was just that I had lost it. But it was just the fact that the angle wasn't very flattering. It just wasn't a flattering angle. It, and it wasn't that, you know, I was um, trying to hide or anything. It was just, I, I want people to actually see what's really happening. And so, you know, for instance, if I'm not losing weight, then this T-shirt, for instance, that I'm wearing wouldn't fit the way it fits. Let me tell you something. About six months ago, this T-shirt was a midriff. Um, it was all over my belly. Like it, it and now it's, it's, I have some hang time, so to speak, with it. So it's working. But sometimes the pictures aren't necessarily telling the whole story. So I want to challenge you all as you're going out there, especially as you're trying to really make a, 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 a make a, a note and make a, you know, you're trying to make progress or you're trying to do certain things or, you you know, we always make this joke. I'm trying to live right. Right. Beware of the thirst traps. Look at the things for what they are. They're simply that they are a picture that's there to entice. Think about marketing. I remember. I went to a PWI, predominantly white institution, and I remember um, it was called, literally called Picture Day. And Picture Day was not like what we have in elementary, middle school, and where you go for the pictures and stuff. Picture Day was actually when there was a photo shoot. We literally had a photo shoot. It was an all-day affair at my college where we had to pose in different places to, for the upcoming promos that the school was doing. And of course, I got to be in a picture because I was considered a pretty person. Well, it wasn't because I was so much pretty. The white people were the pretty people. For me, it was I was one of the few black people that needed to be in the picture. <laughs> and um, and so with that, um, one of the things that was said was the reason why they do this. And then when I took on the role as in multicultural recruitment, um, one of the things that I did recognize was that when people look at the picture, they want to see themselves. You want them to see themselves in that experience. And, and so while some could call it false advertising, some could call it not necessarily telling the whole story, be it what it is, that's kind of how it works. And that's another form of a thirst trap, right? It's the idea of just showing something because. So it's a marketing technique. But beware of it, y'all. Beware of it. Do your investigation, start living your life the way you're supposed to live and stop expecting things to look a certain way just because you think you see it on a picture. And everybody, beware of those thirst traps. And that's my heads up. Follow the Headspace, the Headspace with Dr. Mike Show on Michelle. all social media platforms at Headspace DM. We want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show. We also value what's important to you and your community. DM your show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook. The next time you log on, you may hear Dr. Mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart. Talking about petty politics, we didn't get to finish this thought. Um, um, there were a couple other things that did happen. This is not so much petty, but 
um, Katanji Brown Jackson. She is officially a Supreme Court justice. Uh, she um, had her investiture ceremony yesterday. Um, so apparently that's that's um, after over 200 years worth of history or 100 years of history. Um, and then I think a part of that whole process, they're getting ready for the new season to start. So I'm guessing the new season is going to start uh, this next week or so for the um, Supreme Court. And uh, that's where they get their new seating assignments. And um, so people's seating assignments moved around. It's all based on seniority, very ceremonial, right? And um, so congratulations, Ms. Judge Brown Jackson. Congratulations. Um, I'm looking it sounds so good to say. It really does. The Honorable Judge Katana. Huh? Yeah. Honorable, and what's even better about it was that she truly earned her way to that. Like she did, I she mean, did. Her credentials were phenomenal. They're, I mean, they're just they're good. And just because a person doesn't necessarily view the law the same way you view, doesn't mean that they're less qualified. Just, just means they just saying different from yours. And I, I just, yeah, she yeah. deserves that. Yeah, yeah, she deserves that. She does. Sorry, Miss Jackson. All right, let's go. Um, oh, one more thing with petty politics. So uh, those of you who were excited about um, the debt forgiveness, uh, the student loan forgiveness, uh, remember uh, it was signed into, I don't know if an executive order or what, $10,000 of federal debt forgiven. If you're a Pell Grant recipient, $20,000, as long as you meet a certain income threshold, well, they're going to press through towards this, but there are five to six um, Republican-controlled states that are actually filing lawsuits against um, against this. They basically don't want to see this happen. They're 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 saying this is out of the scope of work of the president. To be fair, because that's what we believe in being here in Headspace with Dr. Mike. If it is truly out of the scope of work for the president, then I mean, I guess that's why we do have checks and balances, right? The good, the bad, none. Yeah, right? yeah. What? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I don't. I just. I don't. I, I don't understand it. I think I now I, I will be to be on, and I'm going to get somebody to come on here and kind of explain some things to us. I don't think that this solves the problem, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it solves the problem. I don't think the ten thousand dollars is going to solve the problem. Actually, I think that it's just going to put a band aid on a bigger problem. The fact is that I remember needing to, you know, get through school and signing the paperwork and you know I'm and no no offense to you Mitchell but I was 19 20 years old um and I mean I, I in my mind I thought I would it would be easy to pay this back and I didn't I didn't know all, so much about interest rates and you know if I didn't do something by a certain time then it was going to balloon out like I think I think that there were some issues um and I think those did need to be addressed and do need to be addressed um, but I think that, you know, I mean, I, they didn't ask me, but, you know, I think personally getting rid of the interest, if you're, if instead of forgiving, get rid of the interest and then see what happens from there. Like, let's see, all right, this interest has accumulated. Let's get rid of the interest and then let's, 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 let's uh, people just pay down the balance. I mean, the, the principal, or if you're, if you're pay, give us a certain period of time where we could pay towards the principal, I guess the argument is that everybody's like, um, you know, I paid off my loans. And so because I had to do it, you should have to do it. And I just, I don't know. I just, I get, I get fatigued from that. But that's a petty argument though. I feel like it, it I, I do. And I, and I get it. And if there's anybody else that, you know, wants to comment on that, I mean, you can, um, and you're entitled to your opinion about it, but I just, I, I, I get fatigued from that just because I get it. And I, I mean, I'm short. Sure, I don't know. I, I, I get it. To I say, okay, I feel like that's a petty argument, and this is from my perspective. I feel like this is a petty argument. It's like, oh, oh if I have to pay mine, um, you have to pay yours. That almost sounds like you're bitter. Almost like you're what? You're bitter. I, it does come across that way. I go, okay, if I have to pay mine, then you got to pay yours. 
Uh, and here's my thing. And here's my thing. I would ask the question to those people that are making that argument. Like, was it a struggle for you to pay your student loans? Like, okay, if they, if they have to pay yours, like, was it a struggle for you? How come you can't understand at least some portion of it being forgiven? Mm-hmm. And or doing what you said, Dr. Mike, so the people just can pay principal. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to confuse, like, is this, who exactly is making this argument? Like, yeah. what demographic of people is making this argument? Whereas, like, okay, if I have to pay my student loans, you have to pay yours. Could you pay yours off because you were rich or because you legitimately just wanted to pay them off? Because then, like, after we figure out who that argument goes to, then you can actually decipher what the motive is behind that, what the intent, are they bitter, are they not? Either way, it's just like the argument is petty in itself, but, you know, people. Yeah, I I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that looking at who, and I, now I do know for a fact there are some people who just were very disciplined and they did they they chomped it a bit for 10 years they just sent that little check you know a big check they did they did it and they worked towards it just like i know people that are very good about paying off their car note you know and right. so i get it some people are just blessed in that area i just it does it it, it worries me it, it the whole bigger picture some of the people that i'm hearing a lot of the people that i hear this argument made by are the same ones that didn't like People haven't been told to wear masks during the pandemic. Oh, those people. I'm hearing, and, I, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it is, there are some common denominators. These are the same ones that, you know, my body, I should make my decision about whether or not I get the vaccination. But then they're the ones that are saying that abortion is wrong, you know? So I guess for me, there is a demographic that is, I'm noticing. And part of that could really be the circle that I have you know, from where I went to college and, and stuff like that, that could be a part of it. But I don't know. I, I just I, I pray that um, because the argument that the president is using is there's a law that con- there's a law that Congress passed that said in times of national crisis. Um, he has the authority, you know, through his agency, Department of Education to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And so. I do remember that during President Trump's, uh, during his um, you know, presidency, the woman that was in charge of the Department of Education was working feverishly to prevent this from happening. And she was like really going out of her way to make sure that there was nothing in place to forgive debt. Whereas, you know, that was one of the priorities of the, the, the Biden administration. And so the argument, I think I heard the state's attorney from Arkansas basically said, you know, the president himself said the, pan- the COVID pandemic is over, but yet he's trying to make a, you know, a ruling on it. So I don't know. We'll see what it is. And, you know, we're going to we're going to pay what we can pay. I just think it's kind of fascinating, though, because that's the government suing itself. <laughs> yeah, like the whole thing from the explanation that you just gave, the whole thing has contradictory elements to it. Like the entire thing is just contradicted to where you're just like, you you got to give up on it. And it's like, okay, we'll see what happens here. Because the whole thing has contradicted elements towards the argument, the argument that Biden is making, the argument that people that think it shouldn't be forgiven is making, even the argument that people think it should be forgiven. Like the whole thing is just like yeah, contradictory. So like it, it's, it's weird. And, you know, one of the things that I come to conclude is I do think the average American is middle of the road. Like, I really do think most people are kind of in the middle of the road and we may have one or two issues that we defer an opinion about, but we can live with it, you know, because we recognize this for the common good. And I think these fringe groups on both sides of it, on the left and on the right, that are like really extreme, that are just like they... They, they're not a huge amount of people, but they're just the ones that make the most noise. And they're ones the most noise. They're the ones, and I mean, it's on both sides of the equation. So I, I want to make sure people understand that. I do think most of us are middle of the road, you know, more moderate um, in, in that sense. And, and I think um, common sense, you know, I think that, you know, common sense is let's look at this issue and figure out how we can come to a happy collaboration, like how we can really make this work and i just i just don't see that happening so we shall see how that plays out speaking of collaboration um apparently last week 
um, there was an asteroid that didn't know it needed to be pulverized. Who knew? So NASA <laughs> sent up a DART rocket. That's what they call it, DART. And DART, I think, stands for something. And they basically sent on a crash course with a asteroid. And they were testing to see if, if we indeed had a situation. Now, listen to what I say here. If we indeed had a situation where an asteroid will be heading to Earth on a collision course with Earth, could we knock it out of the way with such a such a um, you know instrument, a dart rocket? And according to this, it can be done. So my question to you, Mitchell, is, and is this is this me watching too much TV, watching too many movies? Do you buy that it was a test? No, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. So from the headline that I read not too long before this episode, it was a defense, and you kind of just explained it, it was a defense thing? And I'm trying to figure out, like, like when who plans for that? Like, we, I feel like we've never had that sort of thing be a bother by any means? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the I, asteroids have hit, meteorites have hit Earth before. Matter of fact, they're try, they have said that that's what led to the demise of the dinosaurs. So there, and there are aster, there are craters. There's Crater Lake actually here in America that you know is believed to have been because we had it. And I mean, you look at the moon. The moon gets hit apparently. I mean, it, it takes some blows. So I do think that it's a real thing. It's a real danger. Okay. And so my question is... I just don't buy it, though. I don't buy that it was a test. There's a part of me, and call me a conspiracy theory or what, theory or what, I think that that puppy was on its way. <laughs> and they were like, all right, we got to do this. <laughs> Like yeah, we gotta kind of do this. You can't you can't broadcast on the news everybody an asteroids on the way and it's gonna hit Earth in three years. Like you can't do that. Like can you imagine like how much chaos that would cause? True. So I suspect that they they've always had this thing in their back pocket. Like I think that they always had it. I I've seen Armageddon. I've seen other movies, but they've <laughs> had this idea in case they needed it. And I believe that had that mission not been successful. There may have been another thing that they would have tried, and then at some point, then they would have told us, "All right, y'all. So we told y'all it was a test. It's not really a test. This puppy is on its way." <laughs> I think that definitely could have been a thing, and I, I don't know because I'm like, what did what did we? It was a defense test, so so we needed defender, and then yeah, that opens up a whole new to, can of worms because it's well, like if an asteroid hits us. It it's the it's, I think they say it's like it's like equivalent to like twenty thousand atomic bombs. It could annihilate all of Earth. Like I so I get that. Like it's matter of fact, I think this particular asteroid was the size. It was the size of something. Like it was, it was pretty it was big, big, wasn't it? It was huge. Yeah. So if that collides with Earth, it's going to pack a punch. Because first of all, you have to think about the the amount of um how much speed it's going. Um, like, for instance, you ever fly in a plane and you fly, I know you went to Houston this summer, and, mm. you know, we don't. I don't even think we think about it, but when we're landing, we are going, like, quite fast, like several hundred miles per hour. Mm -hmm. And so to actually have to stop that plane, you don't just all of a sudden just stop. It's like a you have to slow down as you're making your approach, but you can't go too slow because, remember, the Earth is still rotating under you, Right. And so all that stuff is happening. You got to take all that consideration. And then when you slide in, so think about it, that the earth is spinning, it's moving, and this asteroid is flying through space while you're spinning and moving. So you have all this fast. So when you have the, the impact of both those things, it's pretty cataclysmic. I get all that. It would hit. Maybe, maybe it was a thing where they were like, oh, this is a, t I feel like maybe it could have been a thing where like, oh yeah, we're just testing just in case. 
But then again, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I I don't trust. I just don't trust. I don't that know. I think it was a little know. more than a test. <laughs> I think it was a little more than a test. I it might they might have just yeah. I think they might have just branded it as like oh yeah, this is a test. We got it done. Ooh. Yeah, there. Are, I think there are people that went to bed that night saying these people have no clue just how close to death they came, and who knows it may come out one day. And I could be wrong, y'all. So again, I'm not trying to be an alarmist, but I just I don't buy it. But, it definitely right. could have been a thing. It could have been a thing. All right. Let's take a quick break. Our world is filled with polarizing topics that land most people on one side or the other. The Headspace with Dr. Mike team isn't afraid to take them on. Monthly, we will invite people on both sides of some of the most controversial topics from the serious to the silly to debate their positions. We look forward to charged discussions that will inform and entertain. DM your head-to-head show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook at Headspace DM. So I want to apologize to our listeners because there's something that I failed to mention early on and that we should have probably kicked off the show with this. Um, Hurricane Ian. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Thoughts and prayers are going out to the folk. Uh, not only in America, but in Cuba, you know, I mean, that's where I think it made first landfall. Um, and then, of course, South Florida, um, man, I, I and now even the Carolinas, even um, just some of the damage they went through. And wow, I, I just hmm. it's really crazy. Yeah. So, man, I yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, yeah. Uh, you see the the pictures of the bridge to um, Sabah Island. There's only one bridge that goes into the island. I've been there, and um, it's literally one bridge that takes you into the island. And not only is there, there there are segments of the road that are just gone. Like you you wouldn't have, you wouldn't know that there was a road there. Like there's little areas. That just, it looks like a deserted island. Like just nuts. It's crazy. It is crazy. I was looking at the video of footage of the the, the boats and like Shirelle and I were watching it and we saw how the boats just looked like they were stacked like when little Mike was a kid and he would play with his boats in the in the um in the the the, the tub and then mm-hmm. you let the water out and the boats are just sitting around on top of each other because all the water's gone. That's what they look like. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is nuts. Um so Wow, don't realize how blessed we are. You know, we're just dealing with a little bit of rain here. Um yeah. but um there is just uh just just pray for you guys and it's going crazy. Need. Yeah, just um get the help that you need. So Mitchell, there's something that's going around and it's I think it became a bigger thing over the pandemic, especially when the George Floyd situation happened. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we had a series of things that happened, and there was this this attack on the word woke. And I remember, like to be honest with you, that was a euphemism that we have in the black in the black church, like the whole idea of woke, like being woke. And 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 help me out here because, of course, I'm a little older than you are. My idea, my concept of woke was, I kind of. In many ways, I was. It was. The, it was very metaphorically. I was asleep. I was um, not really paying attention to all that was going on around me. Mm-hmm. I was going with the motions, and then all of a sudden, I had an awakening. Like I had a realization that, oh, that's what this is about. And and that to me is when they when they talk about like for instance black 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 Americans are woke. Like we start you know recognizing some of the systems. That have been put in place and we start you know we you know for the longest time it was all about um i think the concept was you know we started talking about this this mass incarceration of of african-american males like mm-hmm. i'm just using that as an example and then all of a sudden when people started um the you know the um the dr umars and all of them started shedding light on the history of incarceration and the business behind prisons mm-hmm. and all of a sudden then all of a sudden 
it woke us up. Like we started, and you were here. I think um, I think it was a Spike Lee movie that said, "Wake up, like guys, you're sleeping. Like the system is happening all around you, and you're you're in a position to make change, but you're not even you're not even moving in the direction of change because you're not awake." That's kind of what I and is. Does woke mean the same thing for your generation? So here's my thing. Woke, woke culture sometimes rubs me the wrong way. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> okay. How am I going to say this? I'm going to say it like this. I don't like woke culture. Okay. I and I don't like it because it, first of all, here's my issues with it. It alludes to the fact that we are just now seeing what is happening with everything, which is not necessarily true for every person. Um, I feel like it alludes to the fact that, oh, we're just now seeing all the injustices that we are going through. We can't be just now seeing it and it's happening to us. I feel like in some sort of way we know um, and we also understand. Um, and secondly, it alludes to a narrative that we as a people are ignorant Because, oh, yeah, now we understand. And now we're going out pushing this stuff. And we still don't have all the full knowledge of why it's happening, what is happening, who started this, who is continuing it, who is continuing it subtly, right, throughout American society. And I don't like the fact that, and here's how I look at it. When you associate woke I don't know. You just associate it with this energy that I don't necessarily appreciate. And I wouldn't say, I don't know. I feel like to some extent it gets a bad name. So do you think that, and I'm not, I'm not denying because that's how you feel. Do you think that some of that has to do with the fact that you have access to information that we didn't? Probably. Like, for instance, Black history education, while we did have, like, I was blessed. I was blessed that I lived mm -hmm. in a jurisdiction, you know, I lived in a school district, but we did things. And plus, I went to a predominantly, you know, I, I, it was a mixed school, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then also, I had parents that made me study. Like, whenever I did, whenever we had to do a, a report on a historical figure, it was always supposed to be a black person because we learn about all the other ones all the time. Mm. Uh, and then of course their generation grew up where they did not learn they at all, learn. right? And so do you think that some of that just has to do with the fact that, like I hear, I heard the point you said that we were ignorant to it. I, I really do think that we were. Like, I think that some of us really were ignorant. Like we didn't really know. Um, I think there's some truth to it. I think there there is some truth to that. I mean, you guys, I think, have a different perspective because you were actually able to sit back and watch things. And at my parents, for instance, did a very good job of pushing these initiatives to the point where now you guys are actually the beneficiaries of that information. Do you mm -hmm. think that may play a part in it? I do. And I think it may be, I think it plays a huge part in it. Um, my perspective is because with the information that I know and understand, I am liable to be called woke. Mm. I'm liable to be called um, woke just because I understand the history of my people. Like, that's what it looks like to me is because I was blessed to have the information. I was blessed to understand the information. I'm blessed to learn and understand this information now. And I'm also blessed to be sitting in my middle and high school years and see the way that people teach history and understand history be flipped completely. Mm. And I'm also watching the entire system of America be flipped completely to something that it wasn't, to something that it's, I guess, becoming to be. And I say, I guess, because we're still in the very slow process, but that's why I said, I guess. But with the information I know, I'm liable to be called woke. And I don't like the word because it alludes to the fact that, like I said, that we're ignorant, but I don't want it to allude to a fact that we're ignorant now that we're able to access the information. 
Like it would be different if we were being labeled ignorant and we just kind of had to take it with a grain of salt because we don't have it now. We're ignorant with access. And that's what throws me off with the whole word woke. Like we, I, I, can, I can rock with that. It's like, it's almost yeah. like a thing. Like we have access to the information now, but we're still not doing anything with it. Right. Or, or we're choosing to ignore it until it becomes it becomes an issue, right? Or right. you're choosing to ignore it until it becomes a thing that we can use for our advantage. So, no, I can rock with that. I, I think I, I do appreciate that. And I, I appreciate you shedding some more light on that because it is starting now to be weaponized. Um, it's starting to be weaponized. Like the, the other side of things is starting to re- weaponize that whole idea of woke culture and, and that sort of thing. And I, and I, and I think that's the part that kind of bothers me because it's just like, hmm. I think that there is a faction of folk who there it's not so much that they're woke like it's starting they're just starting to get it like they're starting to see it like I remember having conversation I'm just going to talk about with my my white my white associates and my white friends when the whole issue with um President Trump he was going to have his first rally re-election rally during the pandemic he was going to have it in Tulsa Oklahoma and it was also going to be the same date as Juneteenth like it was like two major issues right mm-hmm. and i remember talking to some of my white friends who just they didn't understand well why is this such a big deal and when we explained to them the whole tulsa massacre they didn't even know what that was they didn't even know that was a thing and then the whole idea of juneteenth was totally fine now to be fair we didn't really study juneteenth up here it's not really something that we talk about up here in the north texas really is where you know where they learned about it now um so but it was eye-opening for a lot of people and for me that's what when when people started realizing oh my gosh like well why would they like they they should have known juneteenth and tulsa massacre why would they do that you know what i mean and i think that that was more of what i was speaking of when i talk about the woke culture but i do i do appreciate what you brought up with that and that's something to consider i just i never i never really could get with the word and like you saying now it's becoming like a word that weaponizes people like, i mean that uh people are weaponized with and i also don't appreciate that as well is because now it's like oh you know the woke culture or something it's a it becomes that it becomes that like condescending energy and that kind of degrading thing and i already don't like the word but now i don't like it even more because it's a weapon like if you look at somebody as woke, you look at you have like a, a, a automatic mindset that they are just this. Um, for let for lack of better phrase, this want to be historian, right? And they're gonna walk in and they're gonna you know just start just and when that's not necessarily the issue. If I know and understand it, I don't have to talk about it as much. If mm-hmm. I'm not, and that's the thing, like people are woke. And they can be woke and still not do a daggone thing. And that right. is also what throws me. Right. You know, because you're how walking, can you... Yeah, you're a walking zombie. Like you're 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 living in this moment, literally aware of this stuff, and yet literally. you're still choosing not to do anything with it. I'm I'm totally with you on that. Let's take a quick break and then we're gonna wrap this up. Focused on photo, versed in video, for any media brings visions to life from headshots to family shoots casual candidates to structured scenes. Our team can provide whatever you need. In Baltimore, you may have seen us at local events such as the Poly City Tailgate or the Randallstown Romp. You can find us on all social media platforms at the number four, Any Media. For Any Media, for anything. Contact us so we can create. So with that whole idea of woke, we also have what's called cancel, cancel culture, right? And that... What are your thoughts, Mitchell, on that whole concept of cancel culture? People that and people that participate in cancel culture have way too much time on their hands, and I said what mm-hmm. I said. Mm-hmm. People that participate in cancel culture do not understand the concept, and this is what throws me. When you when you people, sorry, not you people, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but I said what I said. When you people claim to and I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it like from a 
from like the Christian side of things and then like just people. Okay. The Christian side of things, when you people claim to believe in Jesus and participating in culture, you are the most ox your the character that you portray is the most oxymoronic thing. Because how, how in the world are you going to participate in cancel culture? There's a difference between canceling and grace and accountability, two different things. Okay. So there's holding the person accountable for what they did. And then there's giving grace Galatians six. Don't remember the actual verse. Any man caught in temptation, restore such a one, but pray that you're not tempted. It's in your Bible. You read it. Second, I don't understand cancel culture has a way of publicly exposing and embarrassing people and i don't agree with that mm -hmm. i don't necessarily agree with that i don't agree with that at all because how are you going to publicly shame and embarrass somebody for something that a you may have done yourself two a two i did that two you may be currently in or three they are a person they're a person. And just like you need grace to get out whatever to get out of whatever you're in, they need the same grace to get out or get help. That Mitchell, I mean, you're bringing up a good point. I think that for our for our listeners, you know, this idea of cancel culture is when somebody does something that people don't like. And I, I'm trying to figure out who the council is that determines whether or not a person should be canceled. Um, I think it loosely is tied to when, uh, like for instance, during the civil rights movement, we boycotted, they boycotted certain businesses. I remember doing, um, I was watching an old episode of Different World and um, they were talking about, you know, at the time South Africa apartheid was a thing. And, you know, there were companies that did not divest their, their interests and they were still supporting South Africa in some way financially. Um, they were saying, well, we got to stop using these products. And in this in this situation, there was a group of them that was trying to challenge to take, give back their scholarships and stuff. But that I think it goes in that way. And I think that it's evolved into this thing now where just because somebody says something you don't like, well, you're just written off. Now, here's the thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with me on a personal level choosing not to do a X, Y, and Z because that's just, I, I just choose not to do it. Like I, I, I really right. don't vibe with that person. I really don't, I don't really vibe with them. I really don't vibe with, with what they're about. But when we go out of our way to make like social media campaigns or we, we, you know, we start judging people because they're not, <laughs> you know, they're not um, abiding by this cancel I do have a problem with that. And I think you bring up a very good point. Um, we've all been beneficiaries of grace and mercy, dare I say. And I think it's one of those things where it's like people and here's here's my like personal opinion, right? I feel like I feel like the I feel like America caters to cancel culture just as much as whatever this council of people that decide what and what should not be a thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're on this kind of like stay and I see it with a lot of TV shows and a lot of stuff that like they cancel, they, they cancel. Right. Um, a huge example when, when Kirk Franklin let loose on his son, everybody was like, everybody like, Oh, you don't listen to Kirk Franklin music anymore. And you shouldn't da 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 da. whatever. And then there was this one point where they, like America, like the people that, whoever these big network execs are, when they hear from cancel culture, oh, this shouldn't be on there. And if you don't do this, you're going to da 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 They'll take the show off or they'll take the character out or they won't play episodes with that character in it. I mean, I um, can't argue with that though, because that's a business decision. Like if if the demographic is saying, but my thing want to see this. Yeah. Who's well, this I mean, council? Yeah, I got you. I, I think the TV shows is a little different only because so? I mean, that's a business decision. Like if, if, if the mass population is saying they're not going to participate in this because of that, then. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like, OK, well, I can I can let the TV show slide. Sure. 
but I still don't necessarily agree with the way that it's handled sometimes. Like, I feel like I agree with that. I, I totally agree the, with that. Who is the council? Like, what, what count, what like imaginary anonymous council? Because it's got to be at this point. And it's, no, you're right. You, you, literally, you are telling the truth. And you know don't what? Have we too much kinda, time. We kind of took on so much more because we can't, we got to bring this back. And I'm also, we're going to bring this back when Christy's back in because I think that um, she's yeah. going to have a lot to add to this as well. Um, but those are good. That's some good thoughts. And I appreciate you bringing up those thoughts, man, because um, I think that's good. That's good. That's good conversation. And I feel like we need to have more of these conversations if we're going to go anywhere as a society, um, if we're going to move forward, especially in, dare I say, this new, this new normal. So with that being said, everybody, thank you all for tuning in with us. As always, it is a blessing to be here. I pray that uh, God, you know, that you just seek his face and he's going to guide you and direct you into what's next. And until we meet again, peace. Thanks for tuning in to Headspace with Dr. Mike. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Headspace DM to continue the dialogue with other Headspacers regarding today's show. Everyone is filling their headspace with something. The question is, what are you filling yours with? Tune in next week.